This morning, uh, we want to have a little bit of a, of a family chat. For the last uh, couple months, the elders have been, have been talking and thinking through uh, Green Tree. We've been looking at uh, our past. We've been looking at our future, and we've been asking uh, lots of questions. And so we wanted this morning to come and bring that discussion to you all because we believe it's important if you're going to have a family conversation to actually make it just that, to have a time where we, we share ideas and we share thoughts, uh, where we uh, seek to work together to see what God may be saying to us. And so uh, this is the start. It's not the all-encompassing, but it's the start of that uh, family conversation. In our house, uh, when somebody calls a family meeting, in our house, anybody can call a family meeting at any time. And, and our strong-willed child, Katie, in high school was always calling family meetings uh, because she was being persecuted. But uh, in our household, anybody can say, you know, I want to sit down at, at the kitchen table and I want to talk. Uh, and it could be uh, about anything at all. Mom sometimes wants to talk when we get a little loose in the turn on keeping our rooms picked up, uh, staying after the household chores. Uh, Dad sometimes wants to have a family talk if uh, he doesn't think he's been able to get out and play enough golf because there's too much work to be done around the house. But for whatever reason, our family would, from time to time, uh, chat about whether or not we needed an adjustment in our, in our attitude or our thinking or our plans as a family. Not always negative. Could be positive. We used to sit down and, and around the table and, and plot out our vacations and say, okay, now this is where we're going to go this year. Uh, what does everybody want to do? So there's, there's a positive strain to it as well. But this morning as elders, we feel it's important to, to chat with you. And so we said at the outset, I said at the outset is a family talk, which means it's a conversation. And this morning, it's more of the, the pastors and the elders uh, talking to you all. But we want to make sure you understand that we are inviting uh, conversation. We're inviting thoughts uh, and ideas, uh, what God may be saying to you. And along those lines, I'm gonna, I don't know how many elders are in this service, but if you're a pastor or an elder, you're in this service, would you just stand up for a second so folks can see you? Where are you? There's a couple that are sitting in the back. Okay. So just so you see who, who some of these folks are, if you want to stop them after the service and chat with them or, or myself. But we really do welcome uh, input and suggestions and thoughts. I, I was having uh, some time with a, a guy at church who's becoming a good friend uh, this last Wednesday, and, and uh, we were talking, and he said, well, you guys just do a really lousy job at communicating in the fall about the, the stewardship and the giving. You just need to do a better job at that. That's all. Uh, and, you know, that was, that was true. <laughs> We did do a pretty bad job last year, and I was glad that he felt free to say, you know, I think you just kind of do this, and, and uh, that's one of my ideas. And I was glad that he uh, felt that we were close enough that he could share that with me. And that's the kind of family atmosphere that I want to have at Green Tree Community Church. It's not the elders up here and everybody else down there. We're together uh, as a spiritual family. So as we've talked and thought about it, the word that keeps coming to us is there seems to be some kind of, of disconnect. And the reason we say that is, as I look at Green Tree and I look at the things that are happening at Green Tree and the things that have happened at Green Tree over the years, uh, and I see what God is doing, I see God continuing to be faithful in ministering uh, to this congregation and through this congregation to the larger community. I see people coming to Christ for salvation. I see uh, folks being plugged in and being able to grow in discipleship. Uh, I see the, the children's ministry and the impact that it's having. Uh, and yet, as we looked at some of the numbers, we, we don't seem to be able to put those two pieces of the puzzle together. So possible reasons that we've talked about in some of our lengthier discussion, one, as, uh, as my friend mentioned earlier this week, and the elders had talked about that, you know, just a lack of information, you know, about the budget and the ministry goals and the plans that we have for the year. We can do a better job at, at sharing that with everybody. Uh, somebody else said, you know, I think our congregation needs 
uh, better and, and more biblical teaching on uh, giving and what the Bible tells us about giving. And as we go through Luke, there's a couple of places where Jesus stops and talks about money, and we're going we're gonna to stop and talk about those when the, when the time is right. But there may be an area where there's just a little more education is needed. Uh, we've talked about the fact that we don't take up an offering, so to speak, on Sunday morning. We don't pass the plate, and that's a very purposeful decision on our part. We want folks who come to Green Tree to know that this is about them having a relationship with God and not about us asking them for money. And so that means that we have to be more disciplined for those of us who are committed to Green Tree uh, to remember to give even though there isn't uh, an offering. Statistically speaking, from church growth and church research data that I've looked at, uh, not having a permanent church building uh, doesn't do you any favors either in the, in the area of giving. People are always wondering, well, is this really going to last, or, or are we in a, in a temporary place because this might all end up going away, and people may be more hesitant to, uh, to do that. I just want to say uh, that we've been here for 10 years, <laughs> and unless uh, the Kirkwood School District doesn't like our rent check anymore, uh, we're going to be here 10 years from now, Lord willing. Uh, but that is a, it's just a, a thought that has gone through our minds. Uh, misconception. Somebody suggested that there are a few people that give most, and, and my smaller gift isn't really needed. Someone else said, uh, a lack of communication on the vision and mission. We really need to, to consistently and, and all the time bore in on uh, planting churches and renewing communities and making uh, disciples. Then as John mentioned earlier, and I agree with this, I think our zeal for evangelism has waned over the last year or two. Uh, and we need to, uh, and we're going to address that. So we have all of these different possible reasons floating around out there. And I think all of them probably hold some amount of truth. There's probably some, uh, um, you know, grain of truth in every one of those, maybe some a little bit more, maybe some a little bit less. But when we come to the, to the prayer and fasting part of this, the question comes up, well, why prayer and fasting and why at this time? And I think the simplest answer, but the most truthful answer is that as we've looked at all of these reasons as, as a group of servant leaders, as elders, we realize that it could be some of these, it could be all of them, or it might be none of the above. We've had a lot of thought. We've had a lot of dialogue. We've had a lot of conversation. But as of today, we have no clear answer to the question. And so what do you do as a disciple of Jesus when you're not sure which way to go? When you're not sure how to address a specific issue in your life, whether it's a, a family a situation with which you're dealing or a work decision, uh, and you've got some different options and a lot of different input, what do you do? You stop, and you take, uh, you take inventory, and you ask the Lord for direction. And I think what we're asking everyone to do this morning is to remember that Jesus is the Lord of the church, and that we, as uh, those who are members of the church and servant leaders of the church, we need to remember that it's not our guidance, it's not our wisdom, it's not our direction that gives the church its life and its meaning and its power, but rather it's Jesus Christ in the presence of his Holy Spirit. And so I see this as an opportunity for all of us, not just the leaders on Mondays, but for each one of us who calls Green Tree Community Church our spiritual family, to refocus both corporately and as individuals, to center our attention on the Lordship of Christ. Somebody asked me earlier this week, a staff member, as a matter of fact, 
asked me earlier this week, they had seen all this information, uh, and this staff member walked into my office as, as they're wont to do and asked me the hard questions, which I always appreciate them asking. And this particular staff person walked in, closed the door, and said, let me ask you something. Would we be asking the congregation to pray and fast if we had plenty of money in the bank? And I looked at that staff person and I said, absolutely not. I would have never thought of it. If I didn't see a need, if I didn't see a gap, if I didn't see a problem, I would have to admit that I would not be the one who was calling for prayer and fasting. The facts are that shows a spiritual blind side to my life that I need to have revealed in my own heart. But I also see this statistics that we saw on the board as I began to think through it and began to pray through it myself, I actually see this potential shortfall in 2008 as a gift from God. Because when I start to trust in the money, when I start to trust in you, when I start to trust in my ability to preach good sermons, when I start to trust in our leadership to make good decisions, I've taken my eye off of the place where my trust needs to be. My trust and my hope needs to be in my Heavenly Father. He is the one who provides. You know, again, I feel so much like Moses and Anton in that splendid call to worship where he talked about all the things that Moses had seen. And at the end of all that, he says, God, could I see your glory? <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure. I feel like that in my own heart this morning, that I've missed seeing God's direction. And so I look at this as a gift from God to be able to take some time and just to stop and recenter and refocus my heart and my attention and hopefully your heart and your attention on the Lord Jesus and his will for Green Tree Community Church. Because I, I don't think ultimately that we're, we're off, the, off the mark on our vision and our mission. I truly believe, and the elders truly believe today, just as much as any day previous to this, that God has called us to make disciples and to renew communities and to plant churches. I don't think that part of it has changed. But I do think what we need to step back and assess is whether or not we are connected to the lordship of Jesus in our own lives and how that plays out. Because ultimately, this really isn't about money. It's really about my heart and your heart and how we're going to be used by God to make what kind of impact in one another's lives and in the lives of our community. So let me talk for just a moment or two about fasting. When you leave this morning, you're going to be given a booklet looks like this. It's got a little guy holding his arms up praising. It says, a guide to fasting and prayer. Uh, we, we could, I could probably preach two uh, lengthy sermons on fasting, and we're not going to take time to do that today. But we've produced, uh, through the help of Jeremy Beanbow, we've produced a booklet that we're going to give each of you that is a read that will, if you really sit down and, and seek to absorb it and read all the scriptures that are included, will probably take you about 45 minutes to go through it. If you skim it, you probably do it in about 15 minutes. But we want you to take it home. We want you to read it. We want you to look at it. We want, you to, we want you to pray over your involvement in prayer and fasting. Be careful when you get the guide, when you pick it up, that this piece of paper doesn't fall out because part of our time of prayer and fasting is going to be spent together. And on this sheet of paper, you have listed different prayer meetings that we're going to have in different elders' homes over the next two and a half weeks. And we want you as a congregation to come together into these homes just to have a chance to pray and to talk and to share what God may be saying to you. So the, the time and the date and the address is listed on this sheet of paper. We want everybody, hopefully, Lord willing, to participate in at least one of those prayer times. But let me talk just very briefly about a biblical foundation for prayer and fasting. And I'm going to give you some Bible references, not all of which are in that particular text. I'm not going to put them up on the screen. But Nehemiah 1 reminds us that prayer and fasting 
is for our spiritual family. When Nehemiah heard the news of, of the, uh, the destruction that had taken place in Jerusalem and the, 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 the great peril in which his kinsmen were living in back in his home country, he fasted and he prayed for his spiritual family, and that's one of the things we want to do. In Nehemiah chapter 9 and in Joel chapter 2, we're taught very clearly that fasting and prayer are for repentance. It's for asking God to show us our sin, show us where we have a lack of faith. Father, show us where we're not trusting you. Show us where we need to be redirected. I am going to read three verses for you out of Nehemiah chapter 9 where, where it says this. Now, on the 24th day of this month, the people of Israel were assembled with fasting and in sackcloth and with earth on their heads. We're not going to, you don't have to put any dust on your head if you don't want to. That, we're not going to make that a prerequisite. And all the Israelites separated themselves from all foreigners and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. And they stood up in their place and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day, which is three hours. And for another quarter of the day, they made confession and worshiped the Lord their God. One of the reasons that we want to pray and we want to fast is because I think all of us are convinced as leaders that there's, there's probably uncovered areas of sin in our own lives that need to be dealt with by our Father. And so to set that time aside is going to be helpful, I believe, for all of us. In Luke chapter 4 and in Matthew chapter 6, we see prayer and fasting used in order to gain a deeper communion with our Heavenly Father. In Luke chapter 4, it says Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit out into the wilderness, and he had no food for 40 days. <laughs> Think about that. Jesus, the Son of God, was led by God to a time of fasting. Why? So that he could have a deeper communion with his Heavenly Father. The time that we set aside to skip a meal here, to skip a meal there, skip three meals during a day can be used then for time in the Word and time in prayer, asking God to reveal Himself to us more closely. And then in Ezra 8 and Acts chapter 13, <clears throat> prayer and fasting is used to gain insight and direction for the life of the community, for the life of the believing community. And Ezra chapter 8 is for the children of Israel. In Acts chapter 13, it was for the early church. And so we see this as a very practical step for us as a congregation to take the next three weeks and to set aside some time during these weeks leading up to Easter to say to God, would you please give us your direction as a congregation? Do you want us to cut back on our spending or do you want us to move forward? Father, what do you want us to do? This is your church. It's not ours. And Father, what do you want us to do in our own personal lives? So specifically, what are we saying? We're saying this and we wrap this up. We're asking everybody in our spiritual family to take some time, a minimum of at least one day a week for the next three weeks, to set aside three meals where you'll skip them and you'll spend time, obviously then fasting, but also using that half an hour that you take for a meal or an hour, whatever, whatever time frame you would take for a meal, and to set that aside and to get in the Word of God and to get on your knees and pray for yourself, <clears throat> for your family as well, but also <clears throat> excuse me, for the spiritual family of Green Tree Community Church. So I said the booklets will be available on your way out that will teach you a little bit more about fasting if you're not familiar with it as a biblical concept. I want you to understand this morning, and I need to understand this morning, that what we're doing is we're abstaining from something that's good. Food is, food is a good thing. God has provided it for us. It's, it's not bad. Uh, we're not saying that it's sinful to go home and enjoy a nice lunch after church. And by the way, we're asking that the fasting starts tomorrow so you can have lunch today, okay? 
But we're not saying that's a bad thing. But what we're simply saying is we're abstaining from the good in order to have something better. When Satan came to Jesus and said, you know, you haven't eaten for 40 days. Why don't you make yourself a sandwich out of these stones? That's the Tom Rick's paraphrase. He said, why don't you turn these stones to bread? Jesus looked at Satan. He said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If you think about that for a minute, that's a profound statement. We kind of throw that out there kind of flippantly as how Jesus rejected Satan's temptation. But think about that. Jesus said, I feed on God's word. It literally nourishes my soul, and it's what keeps me alive. Jesus went on to eat later on. He didn't skip every meal the rest of his life. It wouldn't, he, he would have died physically. But he said, for this time, I'm concentrating on my Father's word, and that's what gives me life. And so we're asking that for one day a week, for the next three weeks at least, that we set aside what's good, that meal that we enjoy for something better, that we could truly believe and mean what we sang this morning, that all of you is enough for all of me. And then, as I mentioned in the booklet, there'll be times and places for us to come together. And we really do want you to come out. We really want you to set aside an evening. And there are several of them. I think we have seven of them over the course of the next two and a half weeks. And we want to come together. And we want to spend time praying corporately together. But then also, at each of those prayer times, we also want to wrap up and say, okay, what's the Lord saying to you? We want to share with one another what we believe God is sharing with us and speaking to us. Ultimately, when this is all said and done, we're going to circle back uh, in early April. Uh, everybody's going to head out for spring break the end of March, and when, we, when everybody's back in town and settled back in, we'll come back as a congregation, and we'll share together uh, in format some like this, and maybe, again, at homes, we haven't really gotten that far and planned all of that out, uh, but we'll come back together and we'll say, okay, what did we hear God saying, and how is he directing us as a congregation? So I want to begin this morning uh, not with the fasting part, but I want to begin with the prayer part. And, and what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to start us off in prayer. I'm just going to uh, lead out. And then I'm going to give you a moment or two uh, for silent prayer, uh, for asking God to, to uh, speak into your heart this morning. And then Jeff Mugg, who's leading worship and is also one of our elders, will close out our prayer time and then we'll, we'll sing uh, some worship and, and we'll go on with our day. But my prayer is, as we start this morning, that, that God would use these next three weeks uh, that we've set aside, which really we think we've set aside at the leading of the Holy Spirit, to enable us and to strengthen us in his word and in his power so that whatever he chooses to do at Green Tree, however he chooses to work in his congregation, that we'll see it and we'll know it and we'll follow it. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, I thank you this morning that you speak to your people. We have the, the words of Scripture right before us on a daily basis. We also have the promise that your Holy Spirit comes and, and makes our hearts alive, gives your truth to us. And Father, that's what we're, we're longing for. Father, I confess, as I, as I have already, that uh, the motivation uh, initially behind this was as I looked at dollar signs on a piece of paper. How shallow of me. Because, Lord, as, as we saw on the pieces of uh, on paper from the screen this morning, you provided every year. You've given us surplus in the, in, in the, in the uh, years that, that had more in order to compensate for where there was a little bit less. Father, your plan is perfect. But, Father, we need to get in step with yours. And maybe we are. Maybe everything's okay. But, Lord, it's good for us, I think, 
just to have these next few weeks to stop our human reasoning, to stop our trying to figure all the details out and simply say, Lord, what do you want to say? It may be something completely different than we're imagining right now. We may come back three weeks from now, four weeks from now, and be so stunned that it's a different message, something new. It may be that we just come back and you've said to us, persevere, children. You're going in the right direction. Father, we simply want to pray this morning that we would be open, that we would hold our palms up, that we would let go of the control, that we would say, Father, speak to us, we pray. Because you call us your children, you've adopted us through Jesus Christ. Tell us what you want to tell us and give us ears to hear what the Spirit says to the church.